Yeah, and usually, so experiences like that for me are, I call them signs or mm-hmm. symbols mm-hmm. or something like It just kind of lets you know. It's almost like deja vu or something else. It's, it gives you a feeling, and you go into a mental space of, like, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Like, wh- right. whether I'm in a room with, like, whenever I'm in a room or at a group, I was actually, to talk about myself a little bit, not too much, but uh, I was actually shooting a... Uh, uh, some corporate conference or whatever, but I and this isn't me, me shooting it. I'm shooting, you know, I'm doing whatever I got to do to pay bills and whatever. But um, you gotta keep the lights on. Yeah, so I'm shooting it, and just there, I could tell that it was like something going on for that energy conference. It was just like, wow, this is like a an ex- not necessarily an experience because an experience is something that you can like kind of create. It was like a, 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 a conglomeration or something that was coming together for that conference. It was like this person happened to be there that knew this person that knew this person, and they could come together and cr- j- just make a make a, 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 a split in the ether of, like, you could see that it was happening. So it was like I've been inside that, and I've been outside that, and me seeing it again, it was like, wow, this is. I'm so, like, you I, knew you were supposed to be there. Oh, to I mean, experience that, that. So, me, I was just shooting it, but mm-hmm. it gives me like maybe a third party perspective. So, mm-hmm. me being somewhere, being in the right place at the right but time. But yeah, still, you to, being there, yeah. yeah. Me being somewhere at the right place at the right time, I've experienced that. Whether it be like, okay. I'm supposed to be in here, and mm-hmm. had I not arrived or parked at this, like, right, okay, I'll right. say a parking spot. Like, you go out, and you drive into the city, mm-hmm. and it's like, you can pay for parking anywhere and all that good stuff, but then, if you go there at the right time, mm-hmm. so, as soon as you pull up, somebody else is leaving, and you can pull right, <laughs> right. in, you ain't have to pay for parking, it's right. right there in front of the door, and as soon as you hop out, your homeboy walk up, and right. you're like, bruh, I, like, <laughs> it's, some, it's, cra- it's something crazy going on, like, mm-hmm. so it's... The it's, stars are aligning. Yeah, the stars are aligning, so I can see that for them. So I, I, I see though, like, so your story reminded me of that. It seemed, mm-hmm. it felt like the stars were aligning for you at, you know, what I'm saying at that time. So it was like, oh yeah, it, you know, and it, it, it ain't nothing you can plan for. It ain't nothing you can create. You can't pay for it or nothing like hey, that. So your story reminded me of two YouTube videos I watched. The first one was uh, an old Arsenio Hall show clip where Eddie Murphy was a guest. And it was talking about the backlash of coming to America, how there were so many lawsuits. People were trying oh, to say yeah. that was their story. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, copyright yeah. infringement and all mm-hmm. that. And then recently, an interview with Eddie Murphy, he was saying that Ryan Coogler pitched him the sequel. Well, not really pitched him the sequel. It was like approach him about doing the sequel to coming to America, just like Ryan Coogler approached uh, Sylvester Stallone about, about Creed. Creed. Mm-hmm. And then when... And Eddie was like, you know what, this, this kid, you know, like, let's, that's why we're getting the sequel. That's why I think they're in post-production. Well, no, oh, they're still shooting it. They're still shooting right now. They're still yeah. shooting right now, yeah. They're off the mm. races and all that. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. So, yeah, so I mean, shout-outs to Ryan for giving me my sequel 30 years later. <laughs> 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 I mean, I still write. Coming to America could be everybody's favorite, like a, a top five. It's on there. It's, it, 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 it's Like, mine, it's on there occasionally. Like I was saying, like. I don't want to put two Eddie movies up there because all of movie them is there. I already put the movie uh, Nutty Professor up there. But Coming to America mm-hmm. is one of the movies that I can watch a thousand times. So your turn. Uh, someone you met that either inspired you or you starstruck, just boom, who's uh, that person? I, I, I like to be, I would want to be starstruck. I, to me, starstruck is like, bro, you remember when you was like eight? Or 12 or 15. Well, maybe not 15. But still, like, it would be like an upperclassman girl. And you'd be like, ooh, she's so fine. Like, <laughs> and, and she said hi to you. Yeah, like, she said hi to you. And you like, right, yeah. And you happy. Like, I, I, want- I had that moment as an adult, but not with a girl. I was actually starstruck. Oh, okay. yeah? Yeah. Man, like, I want it. I want it. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how that happens. And, like, as... And this comes with getting up there in age, like bro, like Michael Jackson is gone, Prince is gone, like like it's like pops, R R, and most definitely R R P, yeah, R I P, pops, John yeah. Witherspoon. We most definitely gotta do that. Yeah. But like, it's just people that like they keep passing, and I'm like, bro, like so I just don't, and or they 
end up doing saying supporting wearing. So you saying all that to say you haven't met. They <laughs> might start wearing <laughs> no. No, no, I wouldn't say this. Or they might start wearing red hats, and then it's just like, bro, I'm uh, not really gonna get starstruck anymore. Yeah. Like now, it's just like, I, bro, I gotta talk to you right quick. Hold on, hey, hey, yeah. this is so. Yeah, I say all that to say I I have I don't know. I wanna be. Is there somebody be, that though. you guys would like to meet or I you wanna know? be starstruck, bro? Like I really want to be. I'll say this though, because it's funny, because now you gotta be thinking about people who I've met. Mm-hmm. And I totally just um I wasn't even starstruck, more I was just surprised that she was there. But Hillary Swank, uh, million dollar baby, boys don't cry, two time Academy Award winner, came mm-hmm. into our liquor store. Well, our liquor store, my old liquor store I worked at when I first moved to yeah. mm-hmm. to Georgia. And it was so funny because it was me and another guy up front. And um, there's a couple checking the coolers, right? You know, so I was the the, the night clerk, stalker guy and stuff. And um, and um, so you walk up, you check. And I made eye contact with her. And I was like, in my mind, oh, shit, that's Hillary Swank. You know? so, <laughs> and I think I was more mind blown because, um, one, she... Looked remarkable for somebody who's in her deep forties, pushing fifties at the time and stuff, and she was shorter than what I thought. Mm. So I went, up, <laughs> I went up front, and I'm like, "Yo, dude, that's Hillary Swank." My homeboy's like, "Like, like who?" And I'm like, "I'm like, motherfucker, million dollar baby, can't lose <laughs> And then what was so funny was she came up with her, um, I think then boyfriend, now husband, you know, and um, they're checking out, and um, and it was so funny because I think I, I got stuck on the register, and um. They're like some. They were gonna pay with the card. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I gotta, I gotta card you, right? And, and really, I was only saying that because I was on camera. I didn't want them to bring it up the next day. And then she was like, um, "So what? Are you, are you, are you carding us because we might want to buy your overly expensive cocktail stuff and everything?" She was being really silly, and um, I'm like, "Yeah, I know it's kind of stupid and stuff." He's like, "Well, hey, man, I don't got my card." I'm like, "Like, bro, man, you're good." She's like, "Yeah, you know who I am, right?" And I'm like, wow. I, I do. But she was very tongue in cheek about it. Like, you ever hear this, Hillary? Um, if you don't remember the the lone black guy from three, maybe four years ago, at, at um, Capital City. But um, because and I'm always, you booze. and I'm only saying it was funny because when I had wrote the earlier drafts of Education Marco Flood, everybody always asked me who would I want Officer Chloe. Chloe um, Steinberg to be, and I'm like, Hillary Swank is the ideal dream choice, but, you know, in the independent uh, version of my life and stuff, can't even get her to read it. So I, I sit here to say that to where um, um, that was more funny to me than starstruck. Mm. And, you, you know, but I go back to him and stuff that I don't know who that person is because I, w- I was saying to myself, because I starstruck with Bill Duke, not so much as much as just kind of fascinating because he, he sat down and talked to us about transcendental meditating um, Art, you know, just he had this. He's like this great quote about Malcolm X, where he's like, you know, if um, if you've been playing football your whole life, and you see everybody swinging the baseball bat, you better pick that bat up and learn what's up if you're trying to be around this business. So, so I sit here to say it from that. I don't know who that would be because even when I went to the Fast and Furious rap party, um, I looked across the room, <laughs> looking lost, looking for a friend, and who was staring at me? F. Gary Gray. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Okay. Mm. okay. And, it, and it wasn't one of those things where he was staring past me. It was kind of like. <laughs> he gave me the nod, like, like yeah, nigga, how you doing? So, and like I said, Helen Mirren was there and, uh, you know, having a great, great time and stuff. And I'm like, oh, hey, it's Helen Mirren. So, I don't know. I, I think, and that's what probably has a lot to do with the two is that I'm older. And I think my experiences with celebrities, if anything, they're human beings too. And they probably right. get it so much. You know, right? Yeah, so, and, that, so, yeah, and that's so, kind of uh, what it is. Maybe that's what it is. That's why I said, like, when you were five or six, or, or not different. five, six, but twelve, <laughs> or you know, like you, you want to kind of aspire to the girl. I want to get starstruck. I like maybe Denzel. So like, I think I would. Be I gotta tell you about the Denzel. time I, I got starstruck. But you know what? Because you brought a liquor store celebrities. I'm. A, I worked that <laughs> liquor store celebrities. Yeah, actually, bro. yeah. So like, I, I worked that celebrities the, need their liquor too. Uh, <laughs> I worked at the Virginia ABC. You know, ABC, the liquor store in Virginia. Uh, so I'm there. Um, this guy walks in, about a little bit taller than me, real swole. He's like, "Yeah, let me get a." Uh, they had the 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 fake gallon Hennessy bottle on the shelf because you know they always had that locked up. He's looking at like, hey man, you you want that? He was like, yeah, you got two of them. I don't know about two, but uh, <laughs> I see what we got. So boom, I go there, I get two bottles, uh, checking them out, uh, get his card, and it it was uh, uh the Indianapolis Colt, and I'm in New Hampton, Virginia. I'm in Newport News, Virginia at the mm-hmm. time. I'm like, yo, you know, Colts fan in Virginia. <laughs> I like you a Colts fan. He's like, yeah, something like that. I like, yeah, oh, and wow. this is back in '09, and I was like, yeah, my homeboy just got uh, drafted by the Colts. 
Blase, Blase, oh, played play Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, who? I was like, Philip Wheeler. He was like, oh, that's my homeboy. I was like, what? And then you take I, a good I look looked at, at his card. I looked <laughs> at the computer screen. It says uh, Antoine Bethea. Oh, and I was like, oh, snap. Like, <laughs> oh, it's you. I know you. I mean, you look different without your helmet on. You know what I'm saying? And he grabbed his stuff and he left. So that's my liquor store. It's, though, it's, not, it's not as funny as yours. But, you know. oh. but the one time I got starstruck, okay. taking photos at Morehouse College. You know, I went to Morehouse. Shout out HBCU. You know, HBCUs. So uh, I'm, I'm taking photos. We do the Can on the Guard Gala. It's our big fundraiser. Uh, one honorees, Smokey Robinson. So I'm like, oh man, it's Smokey, man. You know what I'm saying? So I'm taking all the good photos. Like I'm trying, like, man, you know, my daddy looked like Smokey in the '70s. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so I'm getting all the good photos. I'm sitting down. Uh, the panel that year was amazing. It was a lot of. It was. Uh, I can't think of their names. I'm not even gonna mention them. But uh, Smokey's giving his speech, and he's like, yeah, and uh, I gotta give a shout out to my, to my best friend. My, my my I'm the Godfather. He's the Godfather. He named the blah 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 blah. Barry Gordy, and oh, I wow. turned around and Barry's literally right behind me. Wow! And I'm like, it's Barry Gordy. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, yo, I'm, I'm pumped up. Like, wow. yeah. Yeah. So was I was, Michael yeah. Jackson. He gave us Michael. Yeah, right. So, yeah, Michael. that happens. Yeah, he, he, he gave us Smokey, the Temptation, yeah. Diana Ross. Mm. I'm, he gave us Marvin Gaye. Like, if you think about all the. Jackie Wilson, I think he was like Jackie Wilson. He wrote for Jackie in the beginning. So like you, the the amount of people that came because that of Smokey, like I said, the amount of movies like Dreamgirls loosely based off of uh, of an Barry. architect of black culture. Yes, there's, right. there's, yeah. certain, there's certain parts yeah. of black culture, black art you only have because of Barry. Mm-hmm. The Wiz, exactly. Dreamgirls, wow, Last Dragon, Last Dragon, wow. So, you know, yeah, circling it. Uh, Rick James, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because Rick James was one of the Temptations' nephew. Like oh, I, I see. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, Pops Witherspoon. I was watching an interview with him. He said his older brother played for Motown. He was a musician. 100. And that's how he got his start. He was telling stories how he would, you know, him and Marvin Gaye was talking about how big his Coupe Deville was. So, like, Barry Gordy has two degrees of separation. Everything I grew up on. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. There's, that, a, there, there's a pyramid of black culture. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. Barry's right there at the heart of the center. Of it. And right. the two photos I got with Barry, he ain't looking at the camera. One, <laughs> <laughs> one of them, I'm, my hands on the, hey, look at this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have y'all seen that uh, thing on Netflix, the, uh, the Black God- nah, oh, no, the Godfather? The, the Black Godfather. Oh, the Black, I'm sorry. You said Netflix. I went everywhere but Netflix. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. But the Black Godfather, so they was talk, pretty much talking about that and the power of politics and all that good stuff. So that reminded me of that. But since you're going everywhere else, and uh, we did mention the Godfather. Have you seen the Godfather of Harlem? I've seen the first I, two episodes. you seen you seen the first two episodes? Uh, I'm going to watch the third episode. It? I am. I gotta admit, I've been behind. I've been backlog. I've wrapped the show, but literally, it's queued up. It's one of those things where I don't want to Watch it and leave the room. Like, right, yeah. right. You want right. to watch it. I want to watch it exactly. And once again, shout out to some more Black royalty, Forrest Whitaker. Right, no, no, no. So he's doing his thing. His thing. Exactly. No, nah, he does his thing, and I feel like. So I'm saying all this because clearly I like my movies because not Casino. What did I say? Godfather. So I was deciding between Godfather and Casino. Because once again, it's a top five. I don't want to say too many yeah. mob movies or too many yeah, comedies. About to get the Irishman, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. But The Godfather of Harlem is, it feels like th- movies have a weight to them. So The Godfather of Harlem feels like a black godfather. Mm, it it is really, really it's really good. And it and it's updated because I feel like, okay, so it do, they do have like some I guess bubblegum or pop popness to it, but I guess that's because it's updated. So they Godfather was kind of slow. So I don't know if that would convey well to audiences now. But the Godfather of Harlem is amazing. You know, the only reason why I was I was watching it, I I don't want to say like Denzel is a good actor, but 
I only like Denzel because I always wanted to do a Denzel Washington impersonation. So I like to study these movies. So can you do a Denzel Damn, I'm not that good at it. <laughs> I got You're the mannerism. <laughs> My man. My man. My dog. <laughs> I can do the lip. That's alpaca. That's alpaca. That's al. You don't plot that. I'm drunk. I'm drunk now. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not good at it. So, so I study flight trying to. But uh, I was saying all that. I only watch uh, the Godfather of Harlem and the one with Lawrence Fishburne. What's the name? Hoodlum. Oh, Hoodlum. Yeah. Yeah. Directed just by see, Bill Duke. Just, exactly. mm. Man, Bill Duke. He, man. Like I said, Bill. Bill. Get gave Bill Duke on this podcast. Bill my home. The only reason why I watch <laughs> Bumpy Johnson films is to see if there's any mentions of Frank Lucas. Ah, oh. that's the only reason why I watched. He, like I think it would be later, later. I, in right, the story. yeah. The Godfather Harlem is later. Is after he got out of jail. His interactions with Malcolm X, which I didn't know about. Oh wow! Yeah, so I mean, oh, I'm ruining it for you. I apologize. Oh, well, no, that's cool. The history's evident. Just they actually lay it out though. But that's like that's that's a known thing though. Right. You and know, so. I just found out recently that um, th- this is a complete flip. We stand on a movie, but I just found out recently that uh. Dead Presidents was based on a true story. It was based on a book. That's crazy. Did, did, wow. Am I the only I, one that knew that? I didn't know that. I, I just found out. I, I guess just, I just found out. I, I, was, I never I was actually got the old. details of the... <laughs> it's a book <laughs> called Blood. It's called. It's a book called Bloods. The book is called Bloods. FYI. The book is called Bloods. And it's. Uh, I think it's called Bloods, the African-American story or the stories of black Vietnam veterans or something like that. But... Yeah, that's crazy. Like, oh, so, dude actually robbed a bank and all that. Good. It's wow. it's kind of like, I guess you say Game of Thrones. It's like different stories in it, but they kind of put it all together for um, pr- dead presidents. Wow. So can I ask you, can I throw out a question? Yes. No, yes. no, no, this is my, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> So, you mentioned Casino, one of my favorite films of all time. Yes. Obviously, I think Scorsese is getting ready to complete what would be is quintessential gangster trilogy, right? We got Goodfellas, Casinos, and then we'll have The Irishman, right? right. Three different tiers of mob world. We talk about Casinos, the Casinos' relationship with the mob and Casino. You talk about the Sicilians, the Italians, i.e. and just in terms of, from a human perspective, Henry Hill. And then we're going to see American history, if you will, right? Because the right. Irishman, this particular person and stuff, had his fingertips all over history. We talk about JFK. Why is it when we talk about those films? Oh, good question. From Godfather, right? That in terms of cinema and American history, American that type of gangster crime lifestyle celebrated. But then when we talk about Frank Lucas, Bumpy Johnson, Nikki Barnes, let's just say non-white criminals, they're no matter how successful, no matter how great glamorized it is, and it should be pointed out that they're criminals. They're always making a point to remind you, but they're criminals. Mm. They're gangsters. You see what I'm saying? Do, I mean, do, do, even, do we understand? Even in, even in, uh, so you take American Gangster, the Frank Lucas film. Yeah. They're like, who you want? The Italians? You want this? You want that? No, no, I want, I want the black guy. Um, even today, Power, the yeah, TV exactly. show Power, they're like, Tommy Egan did this, Tommy Egan did that, Tommy Egan but killed want, this, this, but this. But what did ghosts do? And that's my whole point to where, and I don't know if it's a visualization thing in terms of representation, you know, but it's just funny to me, the double standards in terms of creativity, in terms of media, in terms of like, there's, there there are people that will pull out as they should. Goodfellas is one of the greatest films made ever. Oh, absolutely. Ever. And dare I say, Martin Scorsese, who I admire, who spent the better part of two weeks taking shots at Marvel, more or less, right. some could say he built his career on the gangster genre. When you talk about the elements of his films, right? So Absolutely. to speak, right? He definitely. So, That's, and, if it's a gangster film, it's just, and, and, I don't want to see it and, unless um, it's Scorsese. And I'm very weird about other creatives critiquing other creatives like that in the public eye. You know, like that's right. that's a conversation behind closed doors, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But I feel like he's getting older, so, you know, you get... Little, and, and I understand that, too. <laughs> he's, very, he's very set in his ways and stuff. And we're talking yeah. about, at least from Scorsese's standpoint, he's one of the architects of cinema, one of the preservers of, in terms of cinema language, storytelling, to push it forward. But, once again, American Gangster... Which had at the very least a top five Denzel performance, right? Yes, I know, absolutely. I know people who are non-black that swear by that movie. That will pull it out in a conversation. Yes, you know, all right. And 
It's one of the last few films we have where we have two acting titans in it in their prime Denzel, Russell Crowe. Yes. Which you can take a snapshot. How often do you see that right now? Right. And that's probably what's going to be more important about the Irishman. We talk about Pesci, De Niro, Al Pacino, Harvey Keitel, a murderer's row of actors. But it is still broken down and packaged to us as American gangster. Even The Godfather, which I love. It, Godfather. It the would, Godfather, He right. will tell you The Godfather is really about home videos in terms of this family. Mm-hmm. And Vito happens to be a guy who did some effed up stuff, Prohibition, XYZ. But... He's, but he won't outright say he's a gangster, you know? Mm-hmm. But even even in the title, like Godfather versus American Gangster. Exactly. Yeah, most definitely. So, I see what you're saying. But I think, I think so, it's yeah. also a marketing tool because, I mean, instead of just rap music. Uh, gangster rap. Gangster rap. Right. Yeah. And, then, you know? and then I want to bring up, the since you brought up music, I was thinking of it when you were speaking. The How can you use my music? In my court case, it's music. Like, this is an art form. That doesn't necessarily mean it has to be real. But just because we, like, every rapper wants to be real. But just because it's rap music doesn't mean it's necessarily real. It's still art. Like, like, can't say will be used against you. But that's, uh, that's, that's in, like, that's after my Miranda rights have been said. I'm doing all this before. If I'm an actor, yeah, it's like you don't don't take Al Pacino and be like, well, you 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 did this in the movie. Yeah, you shot a thousand people in Scarface and and did 20 lines of coke. We should should know and understand that when Do the Right Thing came out, there were critics that were saying this is going to lead to racial uprisings because apparently black people can't see this as art. So what was Spike Lee's response? You do not say that to white people when we see Arnold Schwarzenegger kill 100 people in a movie theater. Right. Those things you're talking about almost always applies to us. You know, we can profit off your culture. We can profit off you saying the N-word 10 million times. We can profit off you killing each other on screen. We can profit off you in certain cases killing each other in your neighborhood in real life. But don't you dare try to be anything else that stems outside this box that we created for you. And that's my question to where, and I'm saying that from a standpoint, I love American Gangster. I think, I think, um, New York, I think it's a plausible question. Like why, why, why does, why, why do these constraints or rules apply when we don't see them apply in other places? Because like, it's not even that if either they should apply everywhere, or they should apply nowhere. Like and, I and understand yeah. too, what you saw not to cut you off in American Gangster, no matter how big or small, which they really didn't cover the whole story because Frank Lucas actually beat two cases on two separate occasions and things of that nature, so to speak. But it always ends with Ricky taking him down, the mm. white officer. Mm. And I'm not, you know, obviously going because that is the actual history of it. Right. But remember that, you know what I mean? Even in the Godfather trilogy, okay, I get it. At the end of part three, Michael's daughter gets murdered and he dies an old man of regret and pain. Right. But he more or less dies a free man. Right. Exactly. Just like uh, Blow. There you Blow, go. Blow's another one of my favorite movies. Uh, it, Man, you didn't listen to 12 movies. Bro. <laughs> uh, I, no, I, I mean, because y'all ain't listening. I ain't heard none from well, I ain't heard we none didn't make it around the table. We I started there, we went to you. Well, no, so, we, you, you named a couple. I guess I'm not so, going to Yeah, see, so you just follow the sleep one, on every movie. But, Blow, about, but, but to piggyback on that, Blow's very <laughs> underrated when we talk about the Johnny Depp canon of performances. I think yeah. there's a certain people that are going to always think of Captain Jack Sparrow. But I think it's, um, once again, Johnny's one of those guys that when he takes his craft serious, you're looking at a, a, a transformative generational talent in terms of performance, so to speak, you know. And um, Can I say my favorite Johnny Depp movie? Edward Scissorhands? Negative. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> Try <'em>. Negative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's actually going to be better than what I'm about you know, to say. That's, you know, that's how I met my girlfriend. That's really? How, that's how... Funny story. She came to the liquor store where I was working at. Uh-huh. She's good. She's probably smiling. How much liquor she did you sell? <laughs> so she, um, this, this cute, beautiful young woman comes in, and um, and I complimented her hair because I'm all about sisters' natural hairdo and stuff. Gotcha. And she would say it was a hot mess because she had been hiking all day with her best friends to celebrate her birthday, right? Yeah. And um, I was like, some, some, some. And she's like, you know, I'm getting ready to move back to Atlanta. And I'm like, well, word, you should come through. Look me up sometime. We can hang out. You know, whatever works for you, right? And she's yeah. like, well, what's your name? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, my name was Johnny Depp's breakout role in a movie. She's like, oh, so your name Edward. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. I would have said your name's Crybaby, my favorite Johnny Depp. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, so, I love Crybaby. Oh, wow. Regulation there. You know what? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, so yeah. not to change the subject, but to change the subject. <laughs> How did you get the name Knowledge? So I got the name Knowledge because when I was in um, in high school, I was in a detention reform program for alternative education. So I had been suspended from school for being a knucklehead, having just moved from the West Coast to the South. And um, at least on the bus and everything, there would always be questions chucked out, film, art, culture. And I just knew, you know, uh, of course I have. You weren't going to be in the Varney household and not be well-informed, not be well-educated, not be well-spoken. So naturally, uh, um, that's the Morehouse thing. You went to the wrong school. Huh? <laughs> so, so after a while, um, a dude said like knowledge bone, what's the science from what film belly. Uh, so, you know, the infamous character who knew who got shot before the body hit the ground, knew who had the gun, the whole nine. And it just kind of sort of stuck. And, you know, at least from that mantra too, moving forward out of that chapter of my life, I just try to be as well informed slash educated about any and everything. And I found that with all walks and situations I walked into, having that nickname was very disarming because a part of me was just always seeking to know. So right. I'm always big on education, re-educating. I think hopefully, you know, we as black folks start valuing our relationship with education, dare I say the right education, right? Mm -hmm. But um, to answer your question 20 minutes later, that is how okay. the, I was bestowed upon the name knowledge, so. Yeah, I do. I feel it's like information true. is a thing. Oh, and thank knowledge. you, brother. Knowledge is power. Ignorance is bliss. I lean toward the power side, you know, all that good stuff. I, I, I lean towards the bliss. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But uh, no. Nah, so what? What were we saying before the uh, question? I think we was talking about. Oh, the, your question. We was we was on yeah. your question about why are black people or why is black media? We don't want to make it a black and white thing. Or, I, don't, well, I don't know. But well, why, it's all why, media. Why, why, I mean, why, even you go back. Why, if you even go back to Katrina, you saw white people. You know, breaking in stores, getting food. Oh my God, they're fighting for survival. Mm -hmm. See, black folks. Oh, they looting. Right, mm -hmm. so yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's movies, it's it's news, it's it's the portrayal of black people in the media, yeah. which, I mean, and if you, can, I, I I need to do more research, but I just saw a video, so I fell into a, a Instagram wormhole yesterday. I didn't do anything, oh, okay. but you know, you <laughs> let you let one uh, Instagram TV movie and it just keep Recommend going and going you, yeah. and going and going. Yeah, you don't even so show I, the time on your phone, right? No more. So <laughs> I, I I ended up in some wormhole where I found out the guy who owns Amazon it owns the Washington Post. Yeah. And got, oh, yeah, they got yeah. CIA contracts, so they're legit. oh yes, like it's so it's it's bigger than hip hop out here. It's the Big outs to Tyler Perry. His studio yeah. is going to help change that narrative. No, nah, but back to the whole Amazon thing, and shout, super shout out to Tyler Perry. Uh, on Wiki, people people sleep on WikiLeaks. They act like WikiLeaks is like super bad. But WikiLeaks, I've stopped going to CNN. I've stopped going to uh, MSNBC. I stopped going to Fox News because before you could like look at those and get an actual picture of the news. Now all they doing is talking about Trump. So you, the only news source is like WikiLeaks, or unless you heard about something, you got to actually Google it. Right. But well, well, well. So, do you guys actually believe the news? <laughs> right? No, that's what I'm. That's exactly right, what right. I'm saying. Yeah, you, like, I, yeah. you can't even believe you, it. Because that's like a whole other show for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it's so much like coded language. WikiLeaks is it'll just be like articles or emails, and you kind of got to piece it together, or you you know what I'm saying stuff like that. Like I know recently, uh, they declassified some information, or some for some reason or another, everybody's talking about how. Uh, Hillary Clinton knew that Muammar Gaddafi was about to be assassinated or like she knew like why they were assassinating him. And I, I seen all that on Facebook, but instead of just seeing it on Facebook, I went and actually read the article or read the emails. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what that was going on. But, oh yeah. So, uh, we're we're an hour and thirty minutes in, and we definitely appreciate everyone for. Uh, well, let me go my, my my couple of my favorite movies real quick. <laughs> favorite movie, you know, yeah, yeah, speed round. I already said Nutty Professor, uh, Inception, okay. um, West Side Story. Spielberg just uh, finished shooting the remake. Really? Yeah. Oh, he better not mess it up. <laughs> he better not mess it up. She worked in the costume and, uh, props department. Today's episode of Power. I don't know if y'all watch Power, but it reminded me they do a they do a cinematography wise. They do when they're well, everybody's seen it by the time this come out. Yeah, yeah, when they're yeah. headed Spoiler to the alert. club to see ghosts, they're shooting everybody walking 
down the street. It reminded me of uh, when they were singing, we're about to rumble tonight in West Side Story. Oh. The way they was going back and forth, showing there, then they were fading. Oh, man. Oh, wow. They're just the cinematography in that movie is just amazing. You know, it's Michael Bay's favorite movie. Really? Michael Bay's um, example of good storytelling is a perfect shot matching the perfect cut. And I do believe West Side Story, minus the... The racial casting <laughs> at the time. Right. It, it is that from a technical well, coverage standpoint. White people can't so. play Puerto Ricans. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know, can they? Uh, yeah. you know, so no, so uh, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. West Side about, Story. You know, so. uh, why did I get married? And um, I think I love my wife. And why do you like? Why do I get married? I don't and, know. Well, question answer daily double for the black men on the podcast, not name Edward or knowledge. <laughs> How do you feel? And I say this from the standpoint, let it be known, shout out to Tyler Perry, not just for the studio, but I would say Tyler Perry's probably the only black creative we have, especially in film, that he doesn't need, dare I say, the mainstream, when I say that non-black people to support his content. Mm -hmm. We support his content, and he's sustainable that way. Spike Lee, our godfather, John Singleton, God rest his soul. Man, shout out to John Singleton. Even Ryan, who just made a billion-dollar film, I don't foresee that being a thing. If, if I'm framing that up right. Right, right. No, I get we never, it. Never, never never so, yeah. this, this is a positive place. Well, if you take it negatively, we're sorry. I we're know. always trying to be positive. I get a lot of questions, sometimes darts at people. How do you feel about Tyler Perry's representation of black men in his film and content? And I always fall back and digress from a standpoint. It's from his perception. Mm-hmm. Now, me as a creative and everything and stuff, I think it's respectful and commended that he's the one guy who consistently puts out content. From a guy who's literally trying to get the next movie made. So I'm not going to sit here and play judge or advocate, but from just film goers that I'm talking to, two young black men, how do you feel about his representation of of black men? And I would say the same thing to the sister here at the table. How do you feel about Todd Perry's representation of black women? And dare I say, the black relationship. I feel like in certain times you have to be Drake, a.k.a. Derek Jackson, a.k.a. just a pandering person to your main audience okay. which makes sense am i mad at it no I, don't, I you know hit dogs holler and all that good stuff so some things apply if it don't apply let it fly but it is like then there you then you get into the argument or the thought process of a does life life imitate art or does art imitate life and all that type stuff but it's like at the end of the day he's, he's kind of pandering to it and they're kind of eating it up and they're kind of citing it and you kind of arguing about stuff that you probably wouldn't have had to argue about if you didn't go see this movie and then now her homegirl saying something and it's like, but bruh, it's just the movie and that, that's not me and all that. So I feel like that's the stigma with us as black people though. Cause it's like, we have to know racism better than racist, no racism. So when it comes to those things, we like, we know how to, we can, let's say fight, a white per- person in the world realm of racism and win every time we masters of it. America's son, they made her a psychology, psychology major for a reason. But when it comes to like the black dude, when he came in, spoiler alert for any movie we mentioned, like you can't like it, he, he's a black belt in racism too. So it's like, Oh, well, if you're going to say this, then I'm going to, it's jujitsu. It's racism, mm-hmm. jujitsu and all this stuff. And it's all tropes that we have to play into or, not play into so we can excel in life. 100. Yeah. So that's just how I see it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Tyler Perry making money. And what I'm finding out from America is money is the only thing that matters to people. I think you can. So Tyler Perry's got his start doing uh, stage plays, plays, stage yeah. plays mm-hmm. in, in the quote unquote chilling circuit. And his first couple movies were movie adaptation of those plays. Plays are overly dramatic. You know, you have to go over the top a little bit. You can start watching his first movie, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, and his latest movie with Tika Sumter and... uh, Nobody's Fool. Nobody's Fool. You can see the evolution of the relationship. I think it's getting more realistic and not so so much more dramatic. That too. Uh, In that movie, Nobody's Fool, Tika had a good guy on her face, but it didn't fit the the criteria, the list. Just the packaging. The packaging, yeah. Which and is a very human thing. Yeah, it, it, it is very human. You Me know? being a, a, a overweight black guy that wasn't, you know, extremely athletic, 
I got looked over all the time. In high school, I was told, you'll make a perfect husband, but never a good boyfriend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, so so I feel, I see the evolution, and it's becoming more realistic. So, I mean, I have no problem with it. Say word. How, how about you, Queen? What you got? You know what? It's, it's funny you even ask that question, because I'm in all these little filmmaker groups on Facebook, uh-huh. and... You know, now after he's opened up his, you know, grand opening of his studios, mm-hmm. I'm seeing like a lot of hate being spewed his way, like more than normal or whatever. And that's some of the, the you know, reason behind it. But, um, I, you know, I just I've always just sat back and watched because I know that like um, everybody's going to do their own thing, you know, for someone to say, well, Tyler Perry shouldn't be doing this and shouldn't be doing that. That's like someone coming to Napoleon and saying, you shouldn't do homeboy podcasts like that because it is that and the other. You don't right. do your it thing. Should be my you know friends what I'm saying? Podcast. <laughs> right. Right. It should be homeboy and homegirls podcast. You know I've what I mean? I've actually heard that. See, that's what I'm saying. And like in your head, you're like, get the F out of here. You know uh, what I mean? Nah, I just like too late. It wasn't I'll, say, yeah. I'll say this in reference to that because I think um, what it's tough because I feel like Spike Lee experienced it for so long he was like the only you know definitive filmmaker that we had representing us right and More then on top brand. of that too spike lee was a is a brand and we talk about right we, we talk about mars blackman the whole nine in nah, terms that's of spike spike is really spike exactly so mm-hmm. i say this in terms of tyler from the standpoint that like i tell any and everybody from a as a creative to another creative from a, a creative who is sustainable excuse me tongue-tied a little bit tyler is I'll say it, I think Tyler is the very best at what Tyler does. Right. And I think, and Tyler would be the first to say what he does is not for everybody. But once again, we as a community, we we have to get out of the habit, I think, of publicly taking shots. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, don't, if you don't like Medea, if you don't approve of Tyler wearing a dress, that's fine. Just don't watch it. Yeah. And that's right. fine. You know, you don't have to give me the whole Twitter handle speech. IG page speech about the black man, the dress and what it means, the emasculation, not saying there isn't some truth to it, but like sister just said right here, one's path that subscribes to her may not subscribe to me. And then also to secondarily, I do think that shout out to Tyler, shout out to Ryan, shout out to spike. I'm going to say shout out to, I, his name escapes me. He was one of them. Ryan's classmates at USC. He did Creed too. His name escapes me. I apologize. Shout out to another one of Ryan's friends from the Bay Area who produ- who directed um, Burning Sands. He was a producer. Oh wow, Burning Sands was dope. Yeah, he was a, he was a producer on Fruitfall Station that Ryan helped get in front of Stephanie Elaine, who gave us Boys in the Hood. We're in such a great renaissance right now of just having different Black creatives from different right. backgrounds. Another sister's getting ready to give us something beautiful and Queen and Slim. Who's being who's being uh, mentored and being produced, written by Lena Waithe. A shout out to her as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, what I'm sitting here saying is and stuff that the time that we take. The reason why I ask that question is the time that we take to get caught up and to talk about what you do and don't like about it. I just look at it as look. That's another W to where at least in Spike, excuse me, well, at least in Tyler. What I do know is every five to six months we're going to get a Tyler Perry something. That he produced, mm. that he wrote, and that I know, and I know this for a fact because I know the six degrees of separation, two degrees of separation, I know the people that are being hired in front and behind the camera by Tyler. So it doesn't benefit me anyways to talk about what's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, and I think there's nothing wrong talking about what we talked about off offhand about discourse. Right. I think that's the purpose of art, you know? Right. Tyler Perry makes so much projects and stuff and everything, we're not going to like them all. But I always see the merit that he is always uplifting and celebrating the power of faith. Mm-hmm. True. Know, the power of, you know, community. And True. dare I say stuff, um, you can laugh at your pain and draw strength from that. Right. And we can get caught up in the packaging of it. We can get caught up in how it looks. But I think it's very important. There's something to be said and stuff that for the time that people take to take shots at Tyler, 
he's probably written and produced the next three films. Exactly. Oh, and, yeah, you know, absolutely. And to add to that, I don't know if you guys saw where Clifton Powell was talking about where, you know, Spike and Tyler had came their, together. Had, yeah. And Thank he you. named one of his sound stages after As Spike. And right. Clifton, even Clifton Powell said the same thing. You know, someone was like, well, why don't they um, combine forces? You don't, ne- just because we are black, you don't necessarily have to, you know, uh, Spike is a film like filmmaker. Tyler's a filmmaker. You don't necessarily have to collaborate. They're both doing their their own thing in their own lane. And you might not like a Spike movie. You might not like a Tyler movie. But is reaching somebody, and somebody is attracting someone. You know, so right? Absolutely. It, that's their that's their contribution to art. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I mean, I can see where people say, uh, oh, well, maybe he shouldn't do this or do that. But, hey, that's that's his thing. That's in his his brain told him to come up with that. <laughs> and it's connecting with some people. So, it, it, you know, and I noticed it was so funny because, like, um, years earlier, Tyler was much more aggressive about it when people did not like it. Yes. Yeah, and right. now he's mellowed out a little bit now. He's like, well, you know, I have my own art. But before, if you go back a few years, oh, yeah. I mean, he was very aggressive about who, if somebody didn't like his stuff. And, let, and that's the conversation to be had, too, that I think, at least in the black community, to where I want to be very careful. And I'm only saying this from the standpoint that I have friends from my circles, from my communities, that yes. were like, why would you make your first feature about two white women, essentially? Uh, you want to talk about two leads of release, you know? Okay. For better or for worse. And then, like, my editor... Uh, Marquise Mosley said, shout out to him, who's cutting up a storm working on um, season two of American Soul. He's like, what rule says that your first feature was supposed to be Boys in the Hood, Fruitfall Station, or some big political statement? And he's like, not for nothing, too, brother. He's like, there's so many shades and demographics of storytellers. You know, like, he's like, like, don't take it the wrong way, Ed, but you have your whole life Mm -hmm. to make a Fruitfall Station, to make a Boys in the Hood. He's like, you made the film that you can make right now with the resources that you had that meant something to you. And he's like, and he's like, damn it, my dude, people who are meant to connect with it are connecting with it. And I right. think there's this thing that we do indirectly to where, well, because you a black brother, man, you got a, you got a podcast. It should only be about this. Right. And, well, and don't well, you dare stray away from right, this. Right. And, I, and I think a thing that so, also helps with that conversation is uh, the, the breadth of the conversation that you have with that person, meaning not just segueing from the podcast, but with Tyler Perry, we saw that he did produce, you know, with as many things as he does produce, the conversations that are being had around his artwork aren't just, you know, white, black, or rich, poor. It's different. It's a breadth of different conversations. So with you, you, I mean, sometimes you might be like super militant, or not, not even super militant and all this. Sometimes you might be happy. Sometimes you might be sad. Sometimes you might be scared. Sometimes you might be confused. If you make a movie for those, like that, none of those are still you. Like even when I was saying like a top five, even in this podcast, I said, well, let's just say honorary mentions because it's going to change tomorrow. Right. I think people get confused and this is, I'm not going to even try to bring this up, but I saw something today online where they were like, well, do you want to be known as a filmmaker or a black filmmaker? So, but don't even, I'm not trying to even get into that. I'm not trying to get, because no, that's no, a whole other conversation. But, you, but you, they would never say it to any other filmmaker besides Right, exactly. Filmmaker. And that right. was a point that was brought up too. They don't say that to Alfonso Cuaron, right. who just exactly. won Best Director for Roma and right. he won for Gravity. But Hispanic. the, the thing is, so. even though we might be black filmmakers, even though we might be a black filmmaker, that doesn't necessarily mean that your film has to be about the black experience. You could be a black filmmaker and make a film about whatever you want to make a film about. You know what I mean? Whatever subject you want. But because we are black filmmakers, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. People try to put you in a box. What do you think the backlash will be? Like, you know, you just said that, uh, the white guy did Hustle and Flow and all those other movies, right? Yeah, Craig uh, Brewer. Yeah, Craig. So what will be the backlash if if you did a movie, if y'all two being black filmmakers, if y'all came out with a project about white people in trailer homes? And all the- uh, about how I want to build this theory out. He said something. What about uh, white people in Maine or wherever that are addicted to meth and Right, um, right. You know, say- live in a trailer home and 
all this good stuff. Like I think because if what, we were what, black, there will be backlash. If that's that's if we're you know, but if it's the other way around, oh, it's just a, a great film or whatever. You know what I mean? I think it really depends because I think once again, um, we already know what that narrative is. The crack epidemic, which was probably the second, third wave of the attack and assault on the black community, right? Right. The Rockefeller drug laws, I don't need to litigate that for 15 minutes, right? It's facts. Look it up, people, right? Yes. That whole presentation was, you're a drug dealer slash an addict in a destabilized, destroyed black families, on and on. The meth epidemic, they're victims. We, we feel so sorry for these suburban mm-hmm. kids, more likely Caucasian, middle, the pseudo-upper class, We've been afflicted by this 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 monster that we don't know nothing about, right? Mm-hmm. So we're gonna get them help. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get them treatment. We're gonna exhaust any and every last line of defense because they're victims. Exactly. <laughs> so I sit here to say that to where, based on the narrative of the film, based on the variables, and you know it can go either way. And that's the thing about it. And once again, I say this respectfully because I've had friends. I'm. All sides of spectrum, black, white, whatever, who, As I do. who are afflicted with a lot of things and stuff. But that's the thing. That's another conversation in itself. What is the backlash culture? Because I do mm-hmm. think sometimes we as a community, we want to backlash against things. And we and we get mad for sake of getting mad, but we don't even know why we're getting exactly. mad Exactly. And, and, ju- and just to say so. something really quick, that's why I feel it's so important to create different platforms for black filmmakers because the... Um, this this spectrum is so big and so uh, wide in what we're creating, exactly. so that people won't just think, "Oh, they're a black filmmaker. They're supposed to make a film about you know this, These that, three and the other." Things. Right, right, those yeah. three things, nothing else. But it's so much bigger than that, you know. And prime example, as we all know, Harriet came out this weekend, and there's a segment of people that don't want to see Harriet because the actress isn't African American. Yeah, quote. that's one. That, that's one, one right? I disagree with that one. As you listen, there's there's there's, there's other people that are getting caught up in the demographic in terms of without me having seen the film, but they don't like the packaging. They feel like it might be a little bit on the cleaner side. They are kind of getting up with the narrative points with it, and I can't really attest to that because I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen the it. The thing I want to just say is that, um, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier in the podcast, to where like, what did you think about it? Because ultimately, I make something, I have my thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. about it. I know what it meant to me. But naturally, as creative, she makes a platform, she creates a festival, she creates an outlet. Her fulfillment of creating and giving this platform to people, she's got what she needs to get out of it already. So for us to be like, so what do you mean? What do you think of this and that and stuff? I mean, you can, and she can give you two cents, but it really doesn't matter. It's about your experience. Right, she creates yeah. experience for you, and that's kind of sort of my thing that I don't want to be that guy who says, don't make stuff if you don't want to get critiqued. And if you want to make stuff for yourself and play that card, leave it in your fucking crib, a la 50 Cent, right? Mm-hmm. But I will say, as film goers who support and want to partake in visual art, and I'm really saying film, because I do think mm. film is the one creative medium that is so great because it does take villages and small nations Absolutely. to make it. So let me just put that out there, that even the film that you hate, hate strong word, dislike the most, it did take somebody's hard work to get that in front of you. Right. Game of Thrones so, last season. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And I quote, I, to piggyback on that point, that like I used to say to a friend of mine who would be quick to be Mr. Culture Critic, I would always be like, well, bro, if you can give me something better right now, man, we can have this conversation. Right. But otherwise, you just sound like the person who got a lot to say, who saw something for free, mm-hmm. and you want to get in your feelings about it, but you're not, like, like I said, you say it to people all the time. Well, I do make movies, and I feel like I could be that go-in guy, but I just respect the fact that it wasn't for me. So I sit here to say this to the backlash culture to where we have to earn our opinions, but we have to also understand there's a way to culturally critique. This is why film criticism is important. You can, you can eat, like I said, I'm not going to, I can, I can get to a lot of personal reasons why I may or may not like Harriet, Harriet, because, you know, the great talent of Casey Lemons who gave us Eve's Bayou, a very, very important black film. Yes. You know, was one of the first people to ever see Death of the Wizard and said some very ins- inspiring words to me once upon a time, me and my editor. But the fact of the matter is she made a film. She got a film that I think will probably, in time past, is lean more towards the important side of things, right? Whether you do and don't dislike it, you want to get caught up into the, the oh, what, you, what it could have, should have, would have been, we have this film. You can either watch it or not watch it. But the, the open forum taking shots, that does nothing for anything. Right. Because what happens is, 
certain people in certain places, they see that and stuff. Well, shoot, if they can't even get their own demographic degree to it, why make it? Right. To me. And then all of a sudden we have conversations like, well, when are we going to get a Harriet Tubman movie? When are we going to get a Frederick Douglass movie? When are we going to get a Marcus Garvey, mo- Marcus Garvey movie? You know? Mm-hmm. Well, you can't because y'all couldn't handle Harriet. So, and I sit here to say this, that that's perfectly fine. I think um, people backlash as much as just really people knowing how to how to talk about things, so to speak, you know, because the things that we blackball on a Monday will be the first person to go to on a Friday. So I, I, I sit here to say that and stuff that it's really important for people to earn their opinion in their place. Not saying you can only bash a movie if you make movies, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't subscribe to the idea of bashing. And I think it's, um, it's easy. It's easy for us to go up to the white supremacist who has the kook, the KKK hood on, and say, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. The better man, the better woman, sees that person as a human being and understands they have beliefs that don't align with mine, but I respect the fact that you're a human being. And yeah. that's, and I know we're not talking about that, right? but I think this backlash culture is a few steps away from that. You d- to an extent. You yeah, it is, it's so, yeah. So, socialist. So that's my whole somewhat. thing. So it's like, how, without having seen Harriet and stuff, and I know a lot of people are kind of sort of trying to tie the lead actress's comments that she made about in reference to widows and why people, black people didn't come to it. I can't, I, I, I don't I know. Didn't, I didn't even see those comments. I saw some, so but yeah, I, yeah. I saw the ones that she was saying, like she was texting. I know she got like a white husband or something like that. So that's one thing. But then um, they, she said something like in, on Twitter, she said, in my ghetto voice, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. You feel me? Or blah, blah, blah. Like to a white husband or something. Those are the tweets I saw. Uh, my thing, my problem with the Harriet thing isn't necessarily the actress. I get that she can be. Snowfall is one of my favorite films, and I feel like with getting European uh, actors, you get a different color from uh, Dan, black people. Daniel Kaluuya is one of our best black actors working right now. He's not American. Yeah, or even Rick Grimes on um, yeah, the, Walking, uh, Dead. Walking Dead. It's like you get a different color of whiteness. You get a different color of blackness. You get like a different. Uh, a different paintbrush to use because they don't necessarily know certain things. So it, it or they're just really well trained. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, or, I mean, of I course mean, they're really well trained. But I'm just saying, like when you're conveying emotions and all that good stuff, you kind of kind of like a boxer. You're gonna go back to muscle memory. So yeah, like as yeah. a you you uh, you know saying like you're gonna so say all that to say I get it as a director, but um oh and then I do want to most. I want to pause this and shout out 121 Dreams. Uh, that's 121 Dreamers <laughs> on Instagram. 121Dreams.com. And 121Dreams.com. 121 Dreams oh, yeah. Production. And um, shout out if you want to check out Release. Think it, we didn't talk about that but so much, but it's available oh, yeah. on Amazon Prime, iTunes, Google Play. We'll be rolling out Netflix in the next few weeks and stuff. Support it. Give us mm-hmm. our reviews. We need our five-star Reviews and whatnot. Absolutely. So, absolutely. And, and we also got to talk, make sure we check out Crave of the Culture next year. Crave of the Culture next year. Yeah. Crave black the Culture dot Atlanta on Instagram. Crave the Culture dot Atlanta <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> dot Atlanta. And it's just a black film festival. That's, is that, is there a time frame for that every year or is it just? Um, well, th- we just had the first black film festival, Atlanta, September 26th through the 29th. So we're gonna open up submissions again in December. Same so September of next year as well. Y- y- um, yeah, uh, September October. We have not set the date. I'm yet. just saying September 26th next year is my <laughs> wedding day. So don't do that. You got to come. You want me there? Don't do that weekend. And you you are all invited to participate at Creative the Culture because we I want it to be more of a informational type of uh, event. You know, like a conference. Absolutely. Um, so you guys are invited. Touche, touche. Yeah. So and, and back to uh, Harriet. I did, like I said, I haven't seen the movie. I just seen the. So spoiler alert! Once again, they were saying the big bad is the black dude, and then she ends up the white um, slave master that called the big black big bad, the, which is a black guy, uh, shoots him. Harriet set, spares the white master and the big bads. Name is uh, it's something like Big Dick, but it's not Big Dick. I don't know. It's something, something like that. But um, something with a sexual innuendo. Right? Oh. Sexual, something with a sexual. So that, that explains what I was reading on Twitter. Yeah. Dude was okay. so 
So yeah, those are the so, things yeah, I saw. But my thing right. is, with film being a, a small army, army that you need to be to make it and produce it, sometimes it's like you want to have people that can fight for the right things instead of like sliding bad things in there. And that's why Tyler Perry is so significant. Um, you know, you can look at, you know, they got little memes. It's a thousand memes out there. So you can look and you can be inside a bus. You can look at the wall and be like, Oh, my day's sad. Or you can look out the window and be like, Hey, this day's wonderful. So the movie was made. It's, it's good. If we don't like it, we can come back and revisit it. Um, so yeah, I, I but once again, I feel like with it being so many moving parts to a movie, sometimes things are gonna get like left behind. Like even sometimes the music they reference. Like I know on this podcast, I don't reference something wrong before. If I haven't, I will. Please forgive me. And um, <laughs> in music, I remember. I mean, shout out to Gucci Man once again. He said something like, he said something like bass like Mozart or bass like Picasso. But it's like, bro, Picasso didn't even like composed music or something like it was like you that people reference stuff wrong or do stuff wrong in art that doesn't mean the art is bad and i think you know there is a reality we have to understand that we're in such a hyper conscious time frame now where i think our generations and generations moving forward are armed with so much more information than they ever were that i don't know I don't know if there's ever going to be a right version of a Harriet Tubman movie, first and oh, foremost. Oh, never. Es- especially for the first step out. Because I remember people being so kind of awkward when they said, hey, we're going to introduce Harriet on the Underground show. And they didn't have the big public backlash. And maybe the part of that was because I think that was right at the onset of Twitter, right? Wow. But, you know, one might say stuff, well, how is Harriet going to be a sidebar character in an episodic anything, right? So I sit here to say that to where... As long as we have creators creating, Barry Jenkins, one of our best fi- filmmakers, fresh off of Bill Street, is writing a ten-part wow. series based on. Bill um, Street was amazing. Based on um, Colton Whitehead's book Underground. So uh, you know, so and I know he's been very hush hush about. It. I think he's actually shooting it out here. Shout out to my uh, friend, fellow creative. She's an actress, Jeanne. Um, Jeanne. She's uh she got casted in. Have no idea how big or small that role is and stuff. And you can also see her on um Watchmen as well. Yeah. She's on Watchmen. She was um, featured in the first episode. But I think we do have to understand living a reality to where anything pertaining to our, our history, right, we're going to be sensitive about. Even when it's done yeah. right. And I know people who would tell you on a good day they don't like 12 Years a Slave. And I think 12 Years a Slave, for better or for worse, might be the definitive because it was a free black man who's equal in some parts of society being forced into bondage. I think 12 Years a Slave came out at the wrong time because it was just like the like the the straw on the slave movie back. It was well, like, bro, another one? But I you feel see, like that everybody felt but, like that. I, but I also feel like it was the film that closed the casket. Like after me, Kind of. Me, I can see that. Me, see? after I saw that, it was like, yeah. and don't get me wrong, we got things like Django and stuff, but I do kind of more or less side of Spike to where we have to be careful when we start serializing and turning slavery into oh well you know it was a western da, 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 and all this right. fun stuff there is this reality with living but i do think there is a reality that we live in to where anybody whether okay a steven spielberg or ridley scott filmmakers who we hold in high esteem doing harriet tubman anything would have gotten backlash you could have had um homegirl crazy eyes from um orange is the new black as yeah. harriet might have been backlash so i do think for without having seen the film so I can't really get into it, nor am I ever going to critique left or right a filmmaker, but it's just kind of like, okay, what, what can, can somebody honestly say, people who are leading these backlash movements say, what would have been the best version? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. my, my you know thing, I mean? another, so, yeah. another thing I think with the whole backlash stuff, I said it on the last podcast, is uh, I feel like a lot of the backlash is publicity. Like, well, I mean, it's targeted publicity so people can say hey i'm enraged about this you're going to get the click and then you yeah. yeah it's a it starts a conversation with then forces once you get once again like a, like we said with spoilers it's like oh if some people hear a spoiler and be like i don't want to see the movie some people see a spoiler and be like nah i got to go see it yeah. so it's like yeah. oh it's controversy now nah, i got to go see it so i can have an opinion about this yeah so and i should hope too yeah. that we do get to that place i do think we do get caught up in saying so much and then it's like well how would you feel about this oh well i haven't even seen it bro i'm just 
Right. People say this is in it, and you know, yeah, that's that's, that's kind of how I haven't comments. seen it. Yeah, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> and, and once again, having experienced that too, right. you know, like there's some people that when Death of a Wizard would meet would would start and they see the burning cross, they're like, "Well, I'm not watching this." Click, yeah. And then I literally get a text, "Oh, well, I didn't finish it, but moving on." So it's right. you know, so once again, just really, really, really depends. I think. um the great, the best kind of art does elicit a reaction. I do think people have to forget that. Now, that being said, why are you having that reaction? And I think, you know, and without having seen Harriet, so to speak, and I say that because that actress, she is a very, very talented actress. I absolutely loved her in Widows. If you haven't seen Widows, go see it by another one of our favorite filmmakers. He's not American people, but he is black, Steve McQueen, uh. who going back, coming off of um, um, Toy Who's a Slave, that's why I thought Toy Who's a Slave was so fascinating because there was a perspective and gravitas they brought to it, and he's like, no one wants to admit this, but there's not one person in America who hasn't benefited from slavery, black True. or white. And he's like, we don't want to have these conversations. We don't want to say it like that. But so I, I sit here to say that to where um, I don't know. Like I said, art, like life in itself, is such such a big scope of paradigm and stuff. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of gray, you know. So most definitely a lot of gray. But uh, I would ask for final comments, but we definitely ran over. Hopefully, I could chop it up and make it look. Uh, <laughs> or sound very, very clean and pristine. It sounds like it's going to be two episodes, but... Oh, you just uh, dropped the whole thing, man. Just a two-hour episode. Just two-hour episode. Why not, man? I hey, mean, the holidays is coming up, so... Hey, man, man, you know, you need something to listen to while you're traveling. Yeah. It's from uh, Connecticut to Florida. T.T. Harford and Or Columbus to Macon, you know But, yeah, this has been My Homeboys Podcast. Can I give some shout-outs? Oh, yeah, please. Okay, word. Peace, one love. I want to give a shout-out again to the... To Graham, Alexa, Graham, Rasheed Cotman, Jordan Laney, Sasha Whitaker. This is my extended creative family, the creative team that keeps me going. Oh, man, like let them know. When, when a brother don't feel like writing, when a brother, like, how are we going to make the next movie? They the ones that make me feel like I've already got the award, like I'm already where I need to be. So shout out to them. And also shout out to any and every creative that may or may not be, that may be struggling to get on the path, don't know how to get to it. I think speaking for Miss Queen Racine, for these brothers around me Ooh. and stuff that we all, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take this too. Um, shout out to my barber, Natalie Queen at the swag shop on Edgewood. Check her out. And but, I'm trying uh, to get dressed like you, but anyway. 100. Thank you, man. No, you got to shout out. <laughs> she, barber. She, um, <laughs> she told me something a month ago that I really been living by that. I think we all have our own network slash community, friends, family, creators, people that we frequent. Right. Yeah. And I think, when you really look at it all in totality, everything that you want and need to keep growing and ascending on your path is within your community. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised that literally the person that I'm looking for who has that $2 million to finance the education of Marco Flood might be two or three people away from me in my community, right. but those three people in between us don't know that he's looking for a filmmaker with that project that he can get excited about. And I don't know that I should be asking these three people in front of me it just opened up a little bit more about what I'm doing. So I sit here to say that to where it is about keep keeping and maintain the passion. Yes. And it is about surrounding yourselves with people that inspire you, but that also know you. And as I always say, why I love my girlfriend the most is that people who accept you at your worst, because they know your very best is yet to come. Mm -hmm. And I yes. say that, I say that importantly, most especially as a creative, I think sometimes we get in our feelings, we get in our heads we look up at the trades. We see any every day. This person's booking this. This person's booking that. Somebody who seems like it's raining opportunities. But once again, having met Ryan, I can't say this. There is a laundry list and a long road that transcended and preceded everything that you saw before Fruitfall Station, Creed, Black Panther. Same thing with Sister Lena Waite. You know, so as long as we keep putting in our work, as long as we keep on grinding, you know, and that's keep why I focus. Want, and I just want to shout out those shout out to Messiah, shout out to shock Kim Coleman, you know, shout out to the, the UNCA, UNCSA family, Jacoby Howard, just the talented creatives that I've had the blessings of crossing paths with on my journey to keep growing. And oh, that's, no, that's what I got. And if I forgot your name and stuff, I'll be sure to get it in the next set of credits for the next movie. Oh man, <laughs> we definitely gonna have to bring both of you guys back, <laughs> so. especially definitely. racing for 
the Black Film Festival Atlanta, I mean, Crave the Culture is definitely coming up soon. Yeah. Very, very important. And of course, knowledge be a part of it. is a very knowledgeable brother. Yes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're going we gonna to have to bring you back. And then even if it's not even on some film tip, I, I would like to have you back just on some, when we talking about more so maybe, I guess, pop culture or whatever hey, man, you want to call know, it. Give a brother uh, a shout, man. You know, if y'all want, I talk to my writer, write up some good material like you did for this, and I'll pop in once a week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we record once every two weeks. Yeah, yeah. this is a bi <laughs> Get my rider even better, even better, man. You <laughs> have two weeks, seven days, get prepared. Two weeks of of cool, cool, conveniently scripted material and jokes. You know, so. <laughs> you have any shout outs you want to give? Uh, I don't have any shout outs. Just well, thank you to everyone that supported Black Film Festival Atlanta. Um, thank you for everyone that. I mean, I, I should shout out. We did have two UK attendees as well. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So and, and shout out to everybody that came from all the different states. Um, Texas, California, Florida, New York, Maryland, Virginia. I don't even, just a lot, everywhere. Virginia, um, that's you, ain't it? Yeah, Missouri. Two up, two we had everybody <laughs> from all different states. Um, and I just thought about my little, uh, what you call starstruck. I, I, I kind of Starstruck moment. Yeah, I was okay. starstruck one time about a few months ago. Um, is one of our judges, Albie Shore, contacted me. He was uh, one of our judges. 100. And that was uh, like, you know, my little starstruck moment for a few minutes. Because he was supposed to be my husband. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you ask him about, about 20 Hallie? years. No, I kept it professional. <laughs> the whole time, this is the only time I'm letting the bag cat out the bag. Kept it professional the whole time. But, yeah, that was my little starstruck moment. 100. <laughs> Quincy and Christian used to spend their summers in Columbus, Georgia. Okay. And they'll be at the program at the Liberty Theater where I used to work at. And I didn't I didn't know oh, it, didn't I didn't know it was Albie Short's son until they stole his sidekick. Oh and I'm like, man, what a twelve year old doing a sidekick? I got a flip phone. <laughs> now I'll say this though. I would be starstruck because my crush going back to living single was always Raging. Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. Oh, Queen oh, Queen Latifah. Latifah. Oh. Everything oh, I've ever yeah. wanted in a black woman, successful black woman, owns a business, powerful, right, right, right. Yeah. strong and stuff, you know. And like I said, to this day, I, my girlfriend always jokes around and stuff. She's like, it's only Rihanna and Queen Latifah that walk in here. I got to be threatened, right? <laughs> you might, might kind of sort of be on to something, you know what I mean? So, so, yeah, so shout out to Queen Latifah and stuff. A very successful, successful, strong black woman and stuff. Walking in grace and elegance, who compared to a lot of other people and stuff, has, has stayed away from the bullshit. I always, right. most definitely. Right. I, I always, mean, Queen, know, so Queen, yeah. like Queen I, Latifah is most definitely like Queen I, Latifah. I got, I wrote every movie I write, I got a part for her in it. I just have to, <laughs> <laughs> I have to get her to read it. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, but yeah. So I, oh that would God. be that enough. Now, if you got her outside, you want her to walk in right about now, bro. Right. Hey, I'm man, trying to tell look, you that, like, Hey, our budget ain't that big yet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, but give Queen, nah, Queen some time. We got definitely. you. So. They don't even talk about her hip hop history, man. Like they, wow. they don't yeah. get to. Hey, like that. I said, man. They, but they left that part out of all eyes on me. Her and Tupac's relationship. You know what I'm saying? Oh. So you know what I'm saying? So right, right. Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? So and um, Yo Yo too. But like I said, that's yeah. why we got to control our images, y'all. Twan, you got any final thoughts, man? Man, I just want to say shout out to 121 Dreams Production. He is uh, 100. He's feeling good, man. He's feeling. He's back. Welcome back, Eric. Yeah, he's back. That's no. why hey, you you don't have that many uh, nose ain't stuffed up no more. Got no. the eye crest out. Ain't no, <laughs> ain't no sound effects this episode. You know, I mean, I was pushing them buttons like a producer. You know. <laughs> no, uh, no, I appreciate the dialogue, man. This is great. Extra long episode. I love yeah, it though. Very enlightening though. You got any uh any final thoughts, my homeboy Napoleon? Uh, uh, the only thing I did, well, not the only thing, but one thing I did jot get to jot down is I'm gonna start following actors now. Cause once y'all said that, they gave me a different perspective. Cause I thought about Leo and Shutter Island, Inception, and how how that all kind of played into mm-hmm. each other and all the good stuff. Yeah, but no, nah, it was a it was definitely an enlightening episode. Get you a IMDb uh, and you know, black folks. Well, people in general, but black folks especially support our art. Mm-hmm. You don't have to love it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to celebra- celebrate it. It's all right to go see a movie, not love it, and just don't mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah, right. yeah, but you yeah. support it. Right. You know? But Dave Chappelle said, just, sometimes you can just shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs> you know? don't have to. And, that, and that's a big thing. So you don't, we don't have to. You know, we don't have to turn everything into a lynch mob because you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that with the mainstream counterpart. Right. Right. So, hey, everybody, let's hate this so, film. Yeah. Nah, you know, so, like, yeah. Come on. But no, nah, that... This is my homeboy's podcast. Man, this is another episode of my homeboy podcast, my homeboy Napoleon. And this is my homeboy, Twan. And we out. Out, out.